Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Skype is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, the Islanders are finally going to play again, and we know who they're going to play. It's the Carolina Hurricanes who uh, beat the Capitals in double overtime in their Game 7 and took a, head, a plane right to Brooklyn where the Islanders are waiting for them and have been waiting, feels like, forever. And so uh, we have to actually play this second round as opposed to just kind of sitting around being in the second round. <laughs> It's a little bit weird. Yeah, it was both really long and, and kind of like annoying, but at the same time, like too quick. And I kind of wish we had a couple more weeks off or something. But <laughs> the, the only, I mean, the annoying part was just like the fact that, you know, these media outlets kind of budget out time and, and resources to cover playoffs and they don't expect a nine day layoff. So there's only so many uh, stories I could read about whether or not the Islanders are going to stay in a hotel and, you know, <laughs> How they're, com- you know, staying. Dude, there was a story about the Islanders' feelings on the Islanders' logo. Like, that is the point where we got where, like, they ran out of stuff to ask. And I was like, really? We're doing this now during the playoffs? Jeez. But, yeah, like, it's right. Yeah, the, the, I mean, I, I, I love the crew over at Newsday. I think that they're, they're very Long Island in, like, their coverage. Which, and it, like, kind of reflects the, the the team and, like, like Neil Best especially. So, it was like funny at first, and then I was just like, I just kind of need them to start to start playing soon. <laughs> yeah, I got a little meta today. I forget what story I read, but Barry Trotz is basically like, yeah, it's a little bit, it's a little tired being asked the same questions every day and giving you the same answer every day. But you know, now we can finally play, and he's obviously uh, doesn't have to worry about the island, the Caps having to get through the fucking island because uh, they lost, and now it's the Carolina Hurricanes, which you know. There's a lot of similarities, I feel like, between the two teams. Not so much like in their play style, which we'll talk about a little bit more, um, but just kind of in their existence a little bit. Like these are both kind of like teams that are are often, I think, forgotten by a large part. Yeah, they of always the, end up the on the uh, empty seats Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> empty, if there's an empty seats Twitter uh, where the Islanders and Hurricanes are like the poster childs of it. Oh, yeah. Totally. Oh yeah, the the 
Islanders, Pan- uh, Hurricanes, Panthers, and uh, Coyotes. That's that's the four. That's like the Mount Rushmore <laughs> of the Empty Seats uh, Twitter account uh, right there. The two of them playing in the playoffs right now. Um, but, yeah, they're always on, like, relocation lists, although uh, you know the Islanders hopefully have gotten that straightened out, and we're going to hopefully hear about a uh, you know uh, shovel going in the ground at Belmont hopefully within the next month or so. Um, but, yeah, and, and here, here they are in the second round of the playoffs that, you know, nobody – really expected them to be in at the start of the season. I mean, uh, I remember you and I talking about uh, an Islanders uh, game that the, they played against the Hurricanes, the last game they played against the Hurricanes, which was on my birthday, actually, January 8th. And and the Islanders lost, and they didn't play particularly well. And I, I remember being mad because, like, the Hurricanes looked like they were going to miss the playoffs for the 11th year in a row. They were not a particularly good team. And just sort of around that time, they started getting hot and stayed hot right up until the end of the season. And, I mean, there's charts somewhere that I'm sure if you move the dates around, they have probably the most or second most points in the league in the second half of the season. Uh, and the Islanders were up there, too. They were like fifth or sixth in, in, at that uh, pace as well. And so you end up with two teams that I joked, you know, are going to set NBCSN's ratings back to their Outdoor Life Network numbers because nobody really expected these teams to be here they're not marquee franchises they're not teams that get a lot of play outside of their own um uh, markets and in particular and even inside of their own markets they don't get a whole lot of play um but you know it's kind of cool to see but at the same time it's like underdog versus underdog and who is the most underdog and what does that even mean at the end of the day probably not much because they're both trying to win so i mean they don't yeah, really care who the under i think it's is, right? uh the uh the oil on thing uh as i could have stopped thinking about it i basically started my uncle who works for nbc sport spoke to him uh during leafs bruins game six and he was like he's like yeah this this is like a armageddon basically if you know to, <laughs> he, you know you, they needed boston basically to to win because they teams but i was cracking them up with just we were cracking up together just about like the islanders and hurricanes and i, I, I the, they have two very different kind of underdog paths to this point where like the, the hurricanes have been you know I'm, and i fall into this camp like i i've been waiting for this hurricane team to kind of come good on their their promise for for years and and you know i basically bet them to win the stanley cup once once a year for pff, half a dozen years now and and, it, and, I, and I always feel so all right. This is the year, and and um, the Islanders and Hurricanes basically had the same odds coming into the year, which uh, I never understood. Mostly because I was like, the Hurricanes are just so much better than the Islanders. Like it doesn't really make sense that they'd be in the same tier. And uh, so I think it's like there's there's like the team that is fulfilling promise, and people are, are rooting for them, and. Uh, they're rooting for this fan base because, you know, the Hurricanes fans are kind of similar to Islander fans. Like, it's a small, close-knit fan base. I mean, this is from what I can gather from, you know, 1,200, 1,800 miles north of them. And, um, you know, sure, like, they, they've got a uh, – they end up with, with empty seats and, and stuff like that. But the people that do show up will, will show up through thick and thin. And they all seem like just, like, genuinely – good fans like like very similar to the island like like very wounded animalish and and i there's like some weird wavelength between the two fan bases i think that being said the perception (laughs) of from the outside looking in on these fan bases at the moment i just don't think could be much different yeah yeah no for sure uh yeah the the wounded animal thing is for sure i think i would say that both fan bases are very very sensitive to sort of outside media, outside press, we're all very like, you know, once the once whenever they play Canadian teams, everybody kind of gets their their antenna up because they know that they're, you know, it feels like people are feeling around ready to pick the franchise up and move them to Quebec City or Hamilton or whatever. Um but um yeah, the, you know, there's there the fans down there are good fans and like we've seen them. I mean, if you remember the the 2006 Stanley Cup final, uh, I've said this before, like ESPN, which had the, the the NHL games at the time, made a big deal about, wow, look at all these Hurricanes fans tailgating before hockey game. Wow, when have you ever seen that before? And I'm like, mm, Islanders fans have been doing that for about two decades now. So 
I don't know why everybody's so surprised to see this, and that's not a thing on Hurricanes fans. They they were smart enough, just like Islanders fans, to, to take advantage of a big parking lot and a day game and some nice weather in the springtime. So, you know, that's one thing that connects both of us as well. And, you know, the, the disrespect from a lot of uh, corners as well. But, yeah, right now, you know, it's um, it's definitely, you know, that's pretty much where the, the, the similarities stop because um, – it's it's the Islanders right now and it kind of a turnaround from the first series. Um, they, as far as I would say, the pundits go at NHL.com and ESPN are kind of the favorite. You see people like, you know, all the NHL.com writers and the people at ESPN, like John Bucigras and Barry Melrose and whatever, and Wyshynski picking the Islanders to win this series. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh no, that's terrible. I, I kind of <laughs> hope that they would be the underdog again, because that's what they're kind of used to. But I would think that, and I hate to use this phrase, but I think, you know, if you took a sort of popular vote on social media, I think most people would probably be pulling for the Hurricanes. And like we've talked about before, like the Islanders just kind of missed the, you know, the underdog thing kind of came and went. Nobody's really been rooting for them but us. And uh, it will be interesting to see how it turns out, uh, you know, going forward, because I, I still think that only Islanders fans are rooting for this Islanders team. And mm-hmm. most people are probably behind the bigger underdog which would be the hurricanes who are making their playoff debut for the first time in 10 years which i guess is a bigger deal than losing your best player for free to free agency and then still coming out with a 103 point season i don't know i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that's that's why i kind of that's why i was bringing up the odds before like these two teams started almost in, you know the betting market is, is so efficient it is the best way to kind of judge probability of of an outcome of a game in a season and so these two teams basically started in the same spot and defied the same odds. And that's what I th- just find, you know, funny about this whole thing is that, you know, this we, we clamor for stories like this in sports and whatever. And, and one is just treated so differently than the other. And whatever, like maybe Islander fans, like we, we, we kind of like this. Like there's maybe some like self-masochistic way or something that like we want this is actually what we want or whatever but it's just it's the the way that the hurricanes are are kind of being handled with kid gloves and like it's it's almost like the islanders are a you know 60th birthday party whereas like it's you you know it's not great and then the 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 hurricanes are like a first birthday party like everyone's showing up (laughs) like they're buying the baby some toys it's 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 just a huge celebration while it's over at the Islanders. It's just like, you know, there's plastic plates and like penny a la vodka and, and nobody, <laughs> you know, it's just like, and everyone's just kind of like, Oh, I've been through this or something. Like, I don't really want to be here, but I'm here because I have to be. And, uh, I, I mean, it's just, it's funny. I, I, it, I really tried to justify, I, I was nervous. Like you were seeing all those people pick the Islanders and I tried to justify, well, you know, they got all the, the last round wrong. So maybe they're due. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. And then the, I think it would be an overwhelming hurricane. People would be rooting for the hurricanes if it was just a popular vote of yeah. hockey, the hockey universe. Uh, and I think most, a lot of the people that even picked the Islanders would say, you know, I'm rooting for, for the hurricanes, but I'm oh, picking, yeah. picking the Islanders because I just, you know, don't really want to give any thought to this and don't want to deal with Islander fans <laughs> dunking yeah, on me. If it's, this is another sweep or something. That's the weird thing is that, I mean, I know for me personally, if the Islanders weren't in the playoffs or had lost in the last round. Yeah, I would have, been, I'd totally be rooting for the hurricanes. Absolutely. <laughs> I think, you know, that would be, it'd be a cool story, but uh, you know, right now I have to kind of switch gears and be like, no wait, my team could win this. And uh, that's not to say it's going to be easy. I mean, the same thing we said about the Penguin series. I, I think the the Hurricanes are a little bit similar. Oh, but before I move on, um, yeah, I'm definitely nervous about a lot of people picking the island the the Islanders to win the series. But if it makes you feel any better, Dom at the Athletic has the Hurricanes as the heavy favorite because of obviously all their their impeccable coursing numbers and the the number of shots they take and and that kind of thing. Uh, but if you if you haven't read his article, it's actually really good. He he definitely kind of eats a little bit of crow about how he's he's how he had you know kind of looked down upon the islanders for so long and i think i, I was starting to feel a little bit bad because he definitely took a lot of grief on on twitter i'm sure with his twitter account was not a fun place to be for a long time and and um i think he's kind of come around to them that being said his model still has the hurricanes as being uh the favorite to win but We'll see what happens. So that kind I, of I had, I had a listener reach out, Justin, his name is, and, and we talked and he said he had a, a, a decent discourse with Dom, like kind of back and forth. And I think, I think he's, 
he's his obviously his model is good at, at what it does and stuff but like i think he's he, he will make adjustments obviously like modeling a, t- a good defensive team must be impossible the betting market as we spoke about earlier in the year, took forever to kind of catch up to the islanders and that stuff is kind of what's baked into that cake and uh this i think he kind of like you know fell in love with the kind of media the the, the media sword he could wield you know with uh with a big readership and uh, i think uh, he kind of joined that 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 pool of of writers for a little while and hopefully he kind of sees like oh you know maybe i should be a little bit less you know kind of arrogant or whatever you want to say it was um because his work is just is really good um and obviously islander yeah. fans made it made his life hard as you know that's if you're in the if you're in the <laughs> if you're in the business of you know making predictions you're gonna take a lot of you get you, you you get what you signed up for is what i'm saying but yeah uh those uh athletic comment sections have been on fire lately and we're going to talk a little bit about another uh, section that's been on fire uh, as well as uh, in the second half of this podcast. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think he kind of, you know, maybe it maybe made him look at things a little bit differently uh, and maybe kind of approach his messaging a little bit differently, I think is probably what, what kind of came up, but um, the hurricanes, uh, you know, they're, I think I, I, this is a little bit weird, but they are a little bit similar to the penguins in the sense that they try and use speed they try and and you know get some uh, odd man rushes. They they play with a, a pretty high paced style, but that be, and that being said, you know there's a couple of big differences. One, the Penguins obviously have a bunch of all world players on their team that, with all due respect, the Hurricanes do not have. But what the Hurricanes do have is a much faster and much more talented defense than the Penguins had, which the Islanders were able to exploit. Uh, Jack Johnson. I'm looking at you. The Hurricanes don't have a Jack Johnson. They they have a bunch of good players, Calvin DeHaan, uh, who we're all pretty familiar with uh, among them as well. And so I think that's probably what makes me the most nervous is that, yeah, okay, you're not facing Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, but you're also not facing like Erica Branson and Jack Johnson. And so, you know, I am confident, again, I'm going to say what I said, at, you know, in the beginning of the Penguin series, which is I'm confident in what Barry Trotz brings to the table and the way he's preparing his team for this, but this is not going to be an easy series. And I, I mean, in, in Newsday's uh, predictions panel, uh, I think everybody but Neil Best picked the Islanders um, uh, to win. And Colin Stevenson, who normally covers the Rangers, picked the Islanders in five. And I was like, uh, has he watched the Hurricanes play this year? Because they're pretty good. So that's a little bit crazy. Uh, I definitely think the Islanders can win it, but. It's not going to be easy, and I don't. I don't think they're going to sweep. That's for sure. Although, I mean, nobody thought they would sweep the Penguins either. Um, I just hope these in, in these eleven days off, Trotz is, and Lane Lambert and the rest of the crew have put together a pretty good game. Yeah, I mean, they're going to need. We, we obviously don't get to see behind the curtain with that, but we, you can rest assured that you know half the video staff and scouting staff was devoted to developing a plan for the Hurricanes, and the other half was, devo- you know, devoted to developing one for the capitals which they probably didn't even spend any time on because <laughs> they had the whole team but uh yeah they, they'll know they like they they'll be prepared that's that's the thing like this you can there there's these are adults in the room again like we the islanders are a professionally run organization for the first time since you know 1990 what three or four and so this is you can guarantee you know, the one thing you can be certain of is that the Players will have been prepared. The coaching staff will be prepared to, you know, devise a game plan. Whether it's it's the right one or it gets executed is the what they play the game for. And uh, the thing, like I guess, I'm most I'm 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 with you. I mean, that defense is is you know top to bottom good. I think the Islanders kind of have a way of negating that, which is that they outside of Matt Barzell, really, it's it's most of the forward lines. Priority number one is getting the puck deep and then getting on top of the defense, which is good. I mean, we saw the the Washington Capitals have a lot of success playing physical against the uh, Hurricanes defense. When when the Capitals had their best moments, that's what they were doing. They were you know throwing the body around a little bit, and that's a kind of a style that that lends itself to what the Islanders do, which is just basically work hard and and compete harder and be persistent. So there's I'm terrified of a couple things i'm terrified of that top line which is just crazy skill that is bookended by nino yeah. niederreiter who, <laughs> who who just you know that's just tough obviously it's been a few years but we're we're islander we know that 
he's going to have his way and and score a couple of goals at some point in the series because that's just you know how these things kind of tend to shake out when when you're playing a former player. And the the other thing is like the the Islanders game. This is hyperbolic, and I'm I'm 100% aware of that. But like game one is basically I'm not it's it's a must win because they uh, the Hurricanes will come into that game on less than 48 hours removed from an emotionally draining series, their first playoff series win since 2009. And the Islanders have had just time off to get ready. And, and sure, like you can say, all oh, rust versus rest. Like we don't know who, you know, what, what, what will win. It's a weird, I think Carrie in his article called it, it'll be a fun experiment to see, but there's no doubt in my mind that if you had asked every player and every person in the organization, what, what side of this coin would you rather be on? They would all say, I'd rather be the team that's well rested and had time off to, to prepare and mentally get ready. And, and that's why I think tomorrow, like not only is it on home ice, but you just, you, you are the team with the, the, the advantage. So they better just come out and win and take care of business tomorrow, which, uh, I'm putting, I'm putting so much weight into the game. And, uh, I don't, I don't know if it's just because I'm like all, I've had all this like feeling kind of just building since they've been, they play they hadn't played it so long but that's uh yeah that's where i'm at for game one yeah no i i agree um you know you don't want to you don't want to make game one i mean obviously the, the hurricanes lost the first two games of their series against caps and still came back to win it but you don't want to put yourself in that position and i don't think barry trotz wants would put his team in that position and i feel like he's he's got the urgency cranked up that being said they're people uh the Blue Jackets and, and Bruins were playing tonight, and the Blue Jackets were in a similar situation off for a long, long time. Bruins went seven games against the Leafs, and the first period, apparently the, the, the Blue Jackets had some trouble finding their legs, but uh, it's in overtime right now, so um, it's everything is still up for grabs. And yeah, I would say that it's a, it's a must-win. Uh, game two is Sunday at 3 o'clock. Um, you know, and again, the Hurricanes will have been in a hotel. They, they wouldn't have been home since game seven. So you hope that you can kind of catch them, um, you know, off kilter a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think the Islanders will will play their game. I mean, they've had 11 days now to tighten their game, which was very successful for the most part against the Penguins. And that means playing physical, you know, not, not being very uh, dedicated, not getting, you know, not letting anybody up off the puck too easily. Um Arthur Staple had an article today and basically somebody was one of his sources. I, I forget a scout or coach or whatever was like, you know, if they can do that against Sidney Crosby, they can do that against these guys. And that's really easy to say. And I think we could all agree with that, but you still got to go out and do it. And these hurricanes they they just don't want to go away. And, you know, my fear is that, you know, the Islanders have been kind of preaching this whole, like you, we want to take, we want to make the most of this time. We want to take advantage of this. We're here now, and we want to take it every game, one game at a time, blah, blah, blah. And I'm assuming that the Hurricanes are probably thinking the same thing. Like, this this organization went 10 years without going in the playoffs. Jordan Stahl got traded there in, like, 2011 or something, right? And this is the first time he's been in a playoff game uh, as a Hurricane. So, you know, these opportunities don't come around that often, and, and you want to make the most of it. And I'm afraid that, you know, when you have two organizations that are feeling the same way, who's going to win? Well, the Islanders have the rest and the home ice and everything kind of going in their favor. And you just hope that they can really, like you said, come out, take care of business. Yeah. If they, if they can just make life difficult on the hurricanes just from the outset, I think that's just a a big, big plus. And that's honestly the only, I was shocked to her. The Capitals kind of hung. If you watch, I watched a lot of that series and you're like, wow, the whole time. I was just like, the hurricanes just are, are playing so much better. And then I re- the, the only time the, her- the Capitals really had those looked like they, they belonged in the series was when they did exactly that. They were, they played more, more like the Islanders did against the Penguins and were just sticking guys into the wall and forcing mistakes by you know, just making guys hesitate and think about, Oh man, Alex Ovechkin or Tom Wilson are coming crashing down. So hopefully that fourth line is, is playing that role of just banging bodies all, all series long. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I, it's 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 really a clash of styles and uh there's like there's so many similarities and so many differences most of the, the differences are on the uh, on the ice or, or behind the bench because you got a first year coach against a guy who is you know uh very long in the tooth in, in nhl years and has had a lot of success uh then the the kind of loose goosey style that the hurricanes play with they're very up and down uh in tempo wise and uh then 
even like I know we say sure like Sebastian Aho and Toivu Teravainen and you know Niederreiter and Dougie Hamilton those aren't household names but those are you know top tier talent like the Islanders are much more middle middle middling in the talent department so there's just so many like I don't there's so many ways the series can unfold I think we all know that that the Hurricanes will likely be the ones doing like kind of the, the the shelling if you will I don't I don't hope it's not as dramatic as a shelling but like the hurricanes be ready to be sweating out a, a series where the islanders are you know kind of not i don't want to say parking the bus but the the majority of the shot attempts will be coming at the islanders and we just need to be you know prepared for that oh yeah there's going to be a few more than a few lopsided periods in this series i'm sure uh real quick before we go to break uh about nino niederreiter yeah yes he he obviously was an islander and obviously it didn't end pretty well uh, I feel like that whole thing is kind of water under the bridge at this point, mainly because the as as much as the clutterbuck for Niederreiter trade didn't go over well, and there's still a lot to complain about with it, uh, the Victor Rask for Nito Niederreiter trade is probably much, 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 much worse. I don't say probably. It is much, much worse. At this point, Rask was hurt, and even when he was healthy, he was not productive. At least, you know, Clutterbuck's a good player for what he is. He just isn't a top six forward like Nino Niederreiter is. So, But what he is, is he's very good. Victor Rask, I'm not quite sure what he is. but uh, So I'm not too worried about that. I'm sure it'll come up, but uh, <laughs> as long as Jay Pandolfo and um, Marty Reesner aren't there, we probably don't have to worry about it. Uh, we're going to talk about another difference between these two teams uh, and then a couple of other playoff stuff right after these messages. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. One of the big differences between these two teams uh, is in goal. Uh, Peter Morazek has started all the games for... The Hurricanes, you may remember him from such teams as the Detroit Red Wings and the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, whereas Robin Leonard started all four games of the previous series for the Islanders. Uh, he had a 950 save percentage and just earlier this week was revealed as one of the finalists for the Vezina Trophy. Um, this is kind of a huge difference, and we mentioned Dom's article in, in The Athletic before. That was the key difference, he said, between these two teams, and not that the Islanders need Leonard to steal a playoff series necessarily because he didn't steal the playoff series against the Penguins. The Islanders played very well. But, you know, having the better goalie in a, in a playoff series can change a lot. And Morazic's numbers against the Capitals, yes, he won, and he made a ton of saves, especially in Game 7, and he's been good. He's been a good goalie for a, a couple of years now. He wasn't anywhere near what Leonard was against the Penguins, nor has been what Leonard has been all season long. So, um, this is another huge step for Leonard and the fact that he was nominated for the Vezina trophy, you know, it fills you with a lot of pride. We talked a lot about Leonard last week, so I don't want to repeat ourselves, but like, that's pretty awesome that this dude <laughs> was signed for this ba bargain basement contract and ends up being a Vezina trophy winner, Jennings trophy winner, possible Masterton tr trophy winner, playoff series winner. And now is like basically the guy in whose hands the Islanders have maybe a trip to the Eastern conference finals. I mean, that's an enormous swing for one season. Jeez, for one guy. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, I was so amped when I saw him right after that game ended last night. Just tweet, you know, here we go. Yeah, uh, he's ready. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was – that. I mean, he's, he's – yeah, he's ready. That's it. And and that's it. Like you, the Islanders are a team that is – you know, they, they, they built, they've built this team back to front and they play back to front in, in some ways. And that starts with, with Leonard. So he is he is the key cog – in in what should hopefully you know he is like their key component in if they do come out on top like we'll be saying at you know a week 
two weeks from now or that, you know, Robin Leonard once again was, was really good. And that was huge for the Islanders. The, uh, and the other thing I keep, you know, maybe glossing over is that Adam, the job Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock did against Sidney Crosby. And, uh, so if they can kind of handle that, that top line for the hurricanes, things aren't as, as strong, obviously down, down there, uh, their roster in, in their middle six and, and bottom six. And, and if the Islanders can just limit opportunities and let Leonard do his thing, that's, that's a recipe for success right there. And, uh, yeah, well, we'd, you can't, you can't, but you can't anything else, but having all the faith in the world and the guy with the way he's played and just kind of taking, taking this Island by storm. And, and we, we I mean, we love him. So, you know, he, he's got to be playing with a lot of confidence and that knowing that, you know, he's got the entire fan base behind him, uh, yeah, no, for sure. And uh, again, I mean, it's been a very, very long time since the Islanders had a Vezina Trophy finalist on their roster. And I don't think any of us thought it would be this guy. But the funny thing is, uh, is that if you I mean, if most Islanders fans that are have been paying attention, if they were setting up a roster to play the Hurricanes, their first choice and goal would be Thomas Grice. Now, I want to say right up front, I don't think Grice is going to play any of these games. And if he does end up in one of these games, it probably means that Leonard's uh, starts haven't gone quite as well as anybody had hoped. Uh, but Grice's numbers against the Carolina Hurricanes have been outstanding, and I hope he's given Leonard some uh, some tips. But, uh, you know, what's funny about Grice is that he's the easiest going guy in the world, and, you know, Trotz has said a number of times, like, what I love about Greiser is you tell him he's in, and he's like, okay. You tell him he's sitting, he's like, okay. Like, so he doesn't really care whether he's in or not. I don't think he's like stomping around the locker room going, I own these guys. I need to play them. I think they, they all, everybody on this team wants the best for the team and they're, they're ready to do it. And uh, it's funny to talk about all this stuff because they haven't played in 11 days. Like, that's just, I can't even like it. It almost feels like I have to remind myself of what was going on because it's it's so, so it's so weird. And that's, that is a little scary, right? Like, because we we're doing right. that and we obsess over this team nonstop and the island. So obviously, like there's some human element, like you were alluding to, that these guys now gotta remember how to play hockey the way they do it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're professional; they get paid millions of dollars to do it, so yeah. they better be able to. And we and the know, coaches we, have been, you know, getting them doing like little scrimmages and hard practices. They practiced hard today and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah we'll see what but happens. yeah, it's it's been a it's been a funny just stretch of days my my friend jack texted me he's just like i haven't had to think you know think about this team for nine days it's it's really weird to, <laughs> to but it, it's because you, you know the, the the last night when the hurricanes won it really be, it, it became real again like the 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 nerves started to, to become more more evident and the agita and the playoff like sweats and whatever that all started to become much more real again on uh as soon as that is basically as soon as overtime started and you knew it was coming to an end like that series, which, you know, basically, sure, there's some people who wanted to play the Capitals and some people who wanted to play the Hurricanes to get home ice. But for it to go seven games and and then two overtimes in seven games is it just it really lined up nicely for us. So uh, just just getting that that anxiety back in in inside, like in, inside your bones is was a little weird after having that that time off it was almost like like in a whole off season <laughs> in, yeah yeah right. like nine days no for sure yeah and because i mean you're just like you're just wondering what's going on back there i mean the islanders don't and it's funny too because again like the blue jackets had the same kind of time off but they had like an open practice they were like running full scrimmages with like the whole team <laughs> playing each other and and going for 60 minutes and and apparently somebody asked Barry Trotz, you know, if they would do the same thing. And he was like, no, thank you. He was not into that. But, of course, the Islanders are gonna, aren't going to have an open practice in the middle of the playoffs. That's not what Lou Lamorello is all about. So there was a kind of this cone of silence came down. I mean, they talked to some players and they talked to some, co- you know, Trotz, basically. And, again, they all asked the, answered the same questions over and over again. So, yeah, it's, it's this very weird feeling. I, I don't – again, we've never experienced this before as a franchise. And I just don't know what to do. But, yeah, I mean – we have to think about this team again. I mean, everybody's lives kind of went on, and now we've got to fall back in. I'm sure we all will, but it's it is definitely a very strange situation. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to preview because there's so many X factors and so many weird things going on, and different two different teams with two different play styles coming off of two completely different series and two completely different seasons after two completely different off seasons. Um, it's very weird. Uh, 
<laughs> I just, uh, it's impossible. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to we make fun of people for predicting and whatnot. But yeah, if you have to make a prediction, I don't even know. Like, I don't even want to make a prediction. Again, this is going to post the night of the game, so I don't want to make it immediately obsolete. But it's it's a very weird series. I mean, I don't know if any, I've ever seen a series like this between any two teams that, that involves so many weird X factors, you know? Yeah. Exactly, and and the biggest one I think being the just the rest and rust and the fact that yeah the hurricanes now so they less than forty eight hours and play game one and then less than you know forty eight hours from game one they play game two because it's a three <laughs> o'clock matinee so you're like they they'll be playing a lot of hockey in in a very short amount of time and by the end of it like I, I don't know how the 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 hurricanes fans have are basically had to take today to I'm sure they're like all right by noon I got to be done with the Capitals and celebrate and thinking about yeah. how starting to hate the Islanders like and uh, so the, the players had to do the same thing I mean it's all about Brenda Moore's like thing in uh, you know in, in the same way that the the Capitals I mean the Hurricanes have become like this like oh like this this cute little thing like if they posted a bunch of videos in the locker room which is cool and stuff but people like just going nuts that rod brendamore gave this like speech i don't even <laughs> he didn't really say much he just said like we're gonna enjoy this and then you know we're not done but we're gonna enjoy this and justin williams was happy <laughs> so that was you know a big deal and like was basically put on a billboard but uh yeah like it, you saw like they went from just being so emotionally high to and after that's that series to having to go to bed celebrate go to bed and then get ready and the islanders were so even keeled after their uh their sweep like it was i mean fan, fan base obviously we were going nuts and we knew we had nine days to to or not nine days but we knew we had a long time to relish it but the the, the even like that is like right they got here different ways like the islanders just kept the very very even keel barry trotsy in a way the hurricanes were obviously in party mode and then tomorrow when the puck drops it just it it's a whole new like movie basically yep it's, a, it's another game one in in the the words of of barry trotz uh so let's uh yeah so let, let's talk about uh a couple of the other playoff series uh the uh the breaking news by the way the bruins have gone up one nothing in their series with the blue jackets they just won an overtime charlie coyle second goal of the game uh the blue jackets uh yeah they, they were uh, not the team in control for the most part of that game, but uh, you know you got to think that they're going to come back and, and probably try and take game two, which would be a huge victory for them. Uh, however, the Bruins got there by beating yes the Toronto Maple Leafs in seven games. Uh, that game seven was not close. Uh, it finished, uh, I believe, five one was the final score. The Leafs, uh, well, the Bruins, I said, took a two nothing lead in the first period. The Leafs made a 2-1 uh, with a goal uh, by John Tavares, but that was about the only life they had. And there's a gift floating around of a bunch of Leafs fans in Maple Leaf Square, and I guess once one of the empty net goals went in, they all kind of got deflated at the same exact time and just left, and it's glorious. <laughs> um, you know, I can't sit here and be like, you know, oh, we shouldn't you – know, it shouldn't matter to us. I know it for a fact it matters to us, and I know – It matters a lot. It matters a lot, absolutely. And – um, I think it matters to Islanders players that they made it further than the guy who left. And, you know, is that going to be forever? Is, or, you know, is this going to happen next year? I don't care. I'm just talking about right now. And for right now, it feels pretty damn good to see that happen. Uh, and, you know, for the Islanders to be playing and for the Leafs to not be playing. And somebody asked Tavares today, like, if, you know, what he thought about it. And he gave the most, you know, typical canned John Tavares robot answer ever. And, you know, I... I don't think nobody's going to expect him to be like, well, I kind of regret signing here now because that's stupid. But, you know, he was at like their Anders Lee's wedding this summer. <laughs> I'm sure he still talks to most of the guys on the team, although probably not Matt Barzell for, for obvious reasons that we've talked about before. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's going to watch and be a little bit stung that his old team is is moving on, uh, provided they you know, play pretty well in the second round. But, I mean, that was – if you had scripted out the way this season was going to play out, the Leafs losing in the playoffs would definitely have been on that list. And for it to have actually happened, uh, it feels pretty damn good. Like the storybook continues, basically. Yeah, exactly. The The storybook continues. It was <laughs> awesome. Uh, so Sunday, they played game – that was the Sunday at 3 o'clock game six. And uh, once – when Morgan Riley scored – that goal that put the Leafs up one nothing. I was just 
dreading. I was like, oh, God, they're going to run away with this game. And we're just going to hear how the Maple Leafs are going to be the Stanley Cup mm. favorite. Then they have, you know, the I, I my friends can attest to this. As soon as the Blue Jackets went up to nothing, I got nervous. I was like, oh, my God. Like not only are the Maple Leafs are going to beat the Bruins and they're going to have the Blue Jackets. And, and this is not good because we'll see them in Eastern Conference final. And there is really only one. There was really only one possible way that this season could really have been have turned sour. And that was if the Maple Leafs beat the Islanders in the Eastern Conference. I know. So I know people were saying, oh, you know, the Bruins are the better team or whatever. We don't want to play them at the at, if you're you're playing in the Eastern Conference final. If the Islanders are in the Eastern Conference final. Like same thing I said last week. I don't care who they're playing. They could be playing the <laughs> Soviets. They could be playing whatever it is. Like it doesn't matter. You're in the Eastern Conference final. You're going to play a really good team and you're just going to enjoy it. But uh, when when you know I was uh, obviously super excited when when the Bruins finally you know finished them off and my my fiance she's from from Massachusetts and is a Bruins fan so she she was really proud to to be able to to will the Bruins to to that victory too and she knows how much you know it meant say, to Islanders me Islanders Nation uh, thanks her Let's just let her know that <laughs> yes exactly well it was fun, like it's it's funny now because you're 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 sure we're terrified of playing the Bruins because they're great so you go. I, the Islanders weirdly were playing two first round series or the Island Islander country. And we now have to adjust to, you know, rooting against them basically and root for the blue jackets. But, uh, the, the best part of that whole experience for me was him was, uh, after the game, uh, someone went up to, to you know, basically Mitch Marner talked about how terrible he felt and Austin Matthews and everybody was giving these kind of, yeah, emotional an- a- answers and, and yeah. And then you get to Tavares who whose celebration of that first goal, my friend Dylan put it perfectly. He said he looked like he celebrated a goal to make it like three one when that with like thirty seconds left and the Leafs net was empty. It, he, there was like nothing to it. I was really confused by it. But um, he his answer was basically, this is my tenth year in the league, uh, so you know I I know like these chances basically aren't going to come around more. But just to hear, I'm like, yeah, that it is. I, I was like a little jarred. I was like, it is his 10th year in, in the league. Like, he's getting up there. Like that, that really felt good to hear. Like he's got to come to grips. Like nobody knows that John Tavares, like for, for sure, for all his shortcomings and, and the fact that he kind of, he, he betrayed us and kind of just screwed the franchise over almost. Uh, we knew how hard he worked and how much he cares about hockey. So, you know, I took a lot of solace in knowing that he poured his blood, sweat, and tears into his first season with the Maple Leafs and came away with nothing. <laughs> uh, I, I saw that, and, and I agree with you. I, I was taken aback by it as well. And what made me – what I thought of uh, – and when I, I thought of this too when I saw him score that goal and his very, very, very subdued celebration was it reminded me of what Rob Shremp had said on our friends uh, Nolan Dan's Isles Buzz Podcast, which is that – He's, you know, kind of like the I did my job superstar and like shrimp, you know, was careful to not mean that in like necessarily a bad way. But it, I got the sense that he was like, hey, you know, I got a goal. like I don't understand what what the problem is. You yeah, know, I, I won't have to. I he, did my thing. It was Why probably like a relief because he, he was starting to get a little flack that he hadn't produced a little bit. It, it was. Yeah, he had had one. Yes. Empty net goal and, but it was that. funny because depending on if the Leafs won or lost, it was either John Tavares is doing an amazing job doing his role. You know, shutting down the Bergeron line, or if they lost, it was John Tavares needs to start scoring or whatever. And and so I think that was that's kind of was my, my hypothesis. And we're probably getting a little too deep into his brain to think. But I was like, he probably <laughs> thought like, oh, thank God, at least even if we lose, like I'd have to deal with not showing up yeah. to Game Seven. Yeah, no, that's and no, I think you're 100 percent right. And if you if you read have read any of the the stories that came out afterwards. Um, you know, that's kind of what it's been. Mike Babcock has taken the lion's share of, of the grief and, uh, so Jake Gardner has as well. And Austin Matthews a little bit too. He didn't really have a great game seven. Um, but yeah, it looks like Tavares is going to kind of skate on it, but after his really, really good regular season and then, you know, two goal performance in the, in the, or I guess one goal performance in game seven that kind of gets him off the hook. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't want to go this, this long on it, but you know, I agree with you. I, the way you put it makes perfect sense. Whereas like it was kind of a secondary series for Islanders fans in particular. And uh, I actually tweeted this out, Sam over at um, uh, faxes from uncle Dale, the great uh, Blackhawks blog. He put the, the Leafs thing too. Whereas like they want to be the 2004, the pre 2004 Red Sox. They want to be the kind of lovable losers 
that everybody is really hoping can get one of these days. But they also want to be the Lakers, where they got to get everything they want all the time. And if they want to go sign LeBron James, they can. And it doesn't really work that way. You're like, you know, you're, you either have to be the evil empire and embrace it, or you're the lovable losers and understand you're going to lose. That's how it works, you know? I mean, and Sam's a Cubs fan, so believe me, he knows lovable losing like anybody else so uh yeah it was it was pretty interesting and i i mean if you're an islanders fan i know again we've talked about this a million times already but lots of people moved on as of july 1st like they were done it was like okay we're moving on now but you cannot have felt some kind of elation when you saw the final score that that leaves brewing series and you know what's funny is for the hurricanes that bill peters walked away from coaching them and go went to go sign with calgary because he's like a you know alberta guy and he wanted to, you know, finally coach like a talented team. And guess what? The Flames only lasted five games <laughs> and they're home, too. So I wonder if Hurricanes fans are probably thinking the same thing uh, about Bill Peters that we're thinking about John Tavares. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, so the uh, the Stars beat the Predators, which was pretty wild. <laughs> I don't know if anybody uh, necessarily saw that coming. The Predators didn't have a great season, but I think we all kind of figured they would kind of find their legs in the playoffs. They did not, and the Stars look pretty damn good, i tell you, uh, as do the St. Louis Blues, who they're playing right now, and our friends Brendan Burke and A.J. Malesko are on the call there for NBCSN, so you should check that out. Uh, like I said, the Bruins and Blue Jackets are playing, and then the other series is the uh, Sharks and Avalanche. The Avalanche beat the Flames in five games. They, <laughs> the Avalanche are, can be terrifying. It's crazy. Yeah, talk about OLN, right? Like, it's, yeah. I can see the Sharks-Avalanche game from – 2007 like i could see what it would look like i could i could 10 o'clock on on oln right with, yeah like i could see that. david abisher right. goal and it's just <laughs> it's just, it's just like i i can picture that series and so i just good god i was gonna say um adam deadmarsh but i like david abisher yeah, yeah we got deadmarsh yeah. oh man that's a great one yeah it'd be uh it'd be david abisher versus uh Oh, I'm getting to Bakov. Yeah, there you go. So yeah. getting, getting to Bakov versus David Asher. Yeah, early, late 90s, uh, or I guess early 2000s Avalanche uh, Sharks game on OLN for sure. <laughs> um, I I am honest. I went to sleep when it was 2-0 Vegas in game seven. I thought to myself, you know, yeah, it's 2-0. The Sharks haven't played poorly, but, you know, Vegas isn't going to blow this. And I woke up and I saw Dom's tweet actually saying, wow, Sharks. Sharks, Islanders, Stars, and Bruins all in the second round. You know, that's the Tavares, uh, you know, uh, tour from the summer. And I was like, wait, Sharks? What the hell is he talking about? And I went back and looked and I was like, oh, my God, the one that – that was – that's one of the craziest things I think that's ever that's ever happened. Yeah. Actually, I was going to go to bed. Ray, Ray Ferraro was talking about – he was doing the color and started talking about – he's like, we're definitely going to hear about an injury. But like <laughs> Eric Carlson is injured because he just hasn't looked good. And then they, you know, that penalty call, which which was definitely yeah. not a, not good. Uh, <laughs> just I guess leave it at that. But uh, what, as soon as that, you know, that that penalty was called, Eric Carlson looked like the best right. hockey player ever seen. He was just was everywhere, and him and Couture and uh, Tomas Hurdle, like, and and the the funniest part of that game to me was not, uh, you know, the the goals or whatever. It was after the Sharks scored their second goal. Like if we talk about parties at the Coliseum, yeah. it, it, it was it was party yeah. mode in the Shark Tank. Like the players started like skate doing full laps around the ice and like pumping <laughs> the crowd up. It was the weirdest thing I've ever. It was like a Harlem yeah. Globetrotters. Yeah, uh, yeah game. no, that's true. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was almost like a shooting gallery at that point. Like you know, all of a sudden we we've replaced the Vegas Golden Knights with a uh, Mites on Ice team from uh, El Segundo. Well, let's see what happens, you know. And all of a sudden, what the hell? Um, but yeah, no. And uh, again, like if you're an Islanders fan, you're like, wait a minute, did I see this game before? Yeah, that Islanders Red Wings game from a couple of ago was one of the craziest things ever, or like last season, I should say. But like the stakes were way lower for that. Two two bad teams at the end of the season. Uh, you know, that's just kind of like, well, that's what happens when you're. One one bad team playing another bad team. Weird stuff happens. Well, these were not two bad teams. This was a playoff game between two very good teams, uh, one of which was in the Cup Finals last year. One was in the Cup Finals two years ago or three years ago. And, uh, yeah, that was that was pretty wild. And it's funny, like, you know, now Vegas – that, that penalty call was bad. I didn't realize that Pavelski – I saw the, the replay afterwards. I didn't realize Pavelski was, uh, was bleeding. But when I saw the penalty, I'm like, um, what is that? I mean, doesn't it happen like – 40 or 50 times every game whenever there's a, a face-off but uh he got hurt hopefully he's okay but uh yeah to get a five-minute major out of that was i don't know but you know uh the vegas owner has complained the 
George McPhee has complained and the NHL is all the referees have apologized. And, you know, when you spend six hundred million dollars on a franchise, you don't expect to get screwed out of a call in a playoff. So somebody's going to be pissed off. And I expect there to be changes because Bill Foley wants changes. So there you go. But uh, anyway, the that that's going to be an interesting series too. the, the Sharks and Avalanche. I mean, two teams that aren't really known for playing defense. But uh, yeah, if you like 90s hockey, there you go. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it should be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so that's about it. Um, game one of Islanders and uh, Hurricanes is Friday night. Enjoy. If you're going to the bark, uh, have a good time. Bring your friends. Pack the place. Make it nice and loud. Uh, should be a good time. Uh, you're going to be there, right? So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I think I'm in 2-11 or something like that. I, I've been proud of the way the, the Islander fan base has kind of uh, handled the you know, switch in venues, I must say, like, it's sure it was like annoying when it first came out. And, you know, people who aren't um, as tuned in as, as a lot of us are, and, and as vested are like, oh, it sucks that they're, you know, playing at the at the Barclays. And you and I'm just like, you can could stop that sentence. It, it doesn't suck that they're <laughs> playing at all. Like they're the Islanders are in the second round of the playoffs. This is amazing. So uh, yeah, it's, it's it, the atmosphere will be the same, the people will be the same. Uh, the only difference will be that there will be a uh, SUV in the building. <laughs> yeah, I don't think people, I mean, the schlep has always been the big thing, but you know what? For a playoff game in the second round, I think people yeah. are going to make that schlep. Yeah. I, I think, like, you, uh, I, I can't really remember. Uh, I'm trying to think about the Panther series and the, the Lightning series, like, coming home. I don't, I, I obviously, they didn't win one at home against the Lightning, but I'm sure, like, the train ride home, if the Islanders can, you know, win a, a, a game or two here, like, that'll be a lot of fun, like, especially on a Friday night. So, uh, tomorrow, hopefully tomorrow is awesome and, uh, that's it. And, you know, like we catch the, the hurricane still thinking and celebrating their first series win <laughs> since 2009. Well, the, you know, the Islanders yeah. are strictly and still in been, we've been here before, even though we have never been here before <laughs> and we'll be hearing <laughs> mode. Yeah. Right. I, I saw a weird stat, by the way, it was like playoff series one since 1999. And it was, the Sharks were number one. Uh, the Islanders had two, obviously. But the, the Hurricanes had ten. And that's really weird considering they missed the playoffs for a decade. And that's because in 2002, they went yep. to the Stanley Cup Final. In 2006, they went to the Stanley Cup Final. In 2009, they went to the Eastern Conference Final. And now they've won this. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, okay, you took ten years off. But you still won like ten playoffs. And they're – so it's – of the eight teams left, it's the Bruins have the most recent cup in 2011, and then it's the Hurricanes. <laughs> yeah, basically. So, yeah. It's basically. Yeah, and then it's a bunch of, or I guess. Yeah, I think it's like the Stars and the Avalanche, then, then like yeah. the Islanders, and then the other three teams have never won. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool crew. It's nice. It, it it's is nice. A, I mean, yeah. a really funny crew. It is like a bunch <laughs> of, it's like when you go to a, like a party or something and maybe like stay later than your friends or whatever and, and a bunch of other people do that same thing and all of a sudden you're like yeah you know this is my crew for the night that's kind of what it feels like yeah <laughs> i was gonna say it's sort of like when you uh if you ever played like nhl 94 nhl 95 and you do like the the uh just just you you choose the playoffs like the playoff mode and it always picks like random teams yeah. and you're always like how the hell did these guys get in here like it's sort of like that you're like <laughs> okay well i guess i'm playing these guys uh, it's, it kind of feels a little bit like that. So yeah, it's nice though. It's not, I mean, the, the ratings are going to suck and I, I'm, my condolences to your uncle who works for NBCSN and their bad ratings uh, for this year, but Hey, you never yeah, know. I'm too you worried know, we'll about see, it. We'll Cause see we'll where, see uh, next year, the, the NHL yeah. will set up like a, a grandfather clause where at least one of the original six teams needs to be in the, the yeah. final bus where you have to play them in, in the Stanley yeah. cup, no matter what. <laughs> they're going to set up just a division of original six teams so that one of them guarantees yeah or there's going to be there'll just be like an exhibition game like next week between the uh the blackhawks and flyers or something <laughs> yeah, right yeah you gotta get the flyers in there that's that's the home team for nbc so <laughs> uh but uh yeah you know we'll just uh, kind of again sit back enjoy the ride so game game one is friday game two is sunday uh as i mentioned on twitter i have tickets to see avengers endgame uh, if you're surprised uh, that I'm going to see the movie instead of watching the game, you haven't been listening to this podcast very long. Uh, I've basically, yes, the game is important, but I've basically been waiting for this movie and preparing for this movie for my entire life. Uh, my wife and daughter are obviously coming with me, so I am not going to miss that movie. I'm very sorry. I can catch the game later and find out all I need to know uh, when when the movie's over. Uh, they then have two days off, and then game three is in Raleigh on 
Wednesday, uh, and then game four is Friday. Uh, Cher, the incomparable, the one and only Cher, <laughs> is going to be at Barclays Center on Friday. My wife is going to be there. She has tickets to go. She loves Cher. Wow. We saw Cher in Baltimore. Her and I drove to Baltimore last year to see Cher. Cher is great. We saw the Cher show on Broadway. My wife loves Cher. Uh, so the Islanders had to rejigger their uh, their um, uh, schedule a little bit. Oh, there's um, there's a Liberty game too. There's a Liberty game against the Chinese national team too. That's also center. So there's stuff going on. It's a busy place. So that's why there's a couple of days off there. That's it's so funny that it's like it's share. Like this just it's yeah. just perfect that that it it's it's share that was my uh, when my friend found out he's like. When this was a couple of days ago, so before we even had the matchup, he's like, "Well, he's like, I'm, he's got like a bachelor party or something. He's going to. And he's trying to figure out when they're playing. And he's like, I'm pretty sure if we play the Capitals, it'll go like this. And then if if it's the Hurricanes, we'll go like this. But the one thing I can't account for is the share thing. It's like a real. <laughs> it's it's just throwing a wrench in the system. <laughs> oh man, he's like, great. I, he's like, you, yeah, but he's he's like, you can move whatever it was called. Uh, yeah. Paul, no, Mask, was that? Yeah, um, not Paul Patrol. Uh, PJ Masks. Yeah, PJ Masks. But can you move share? I no, don't think so. No, yeah. trust me, you don't want to try to move share. Believe me. I, actually, <laughs> I said the same exact thing to my wife. I was like, "Yeah, PJ Masks. They were able to, to postpone, but yeah, no, share ain't going anywhere." And actually, I think uh, Bruce Cassidy mentioned share in, in his uh, his I think pregame thing today at the Bruins. So I wonder if she's she just happens to be sort of in this area. Just at the end, end time of the NHL playoffs, <laughs> she just happens to be in like Boston and Brooklyn, and I mean, hell, she might be in Raleigh by the time the Islanders get back down there. You never know. So maybe she'll be in Columbus. Who knows? But uh, yeah, so there you go. So don't mess with share. You schedule around share. Share does not schedule around you. So that's <laughs> that's kind of rule to live by. Uh, and then uh, I forget where they go after that, but uh, yeah. So there's a couple of days off. So the Hurricanes, you know, they want to get to that that two day break so they can actually you know sleep in their own beds, but. Uh, Hopefully they'll, they'll be nice and distracted before they get to that point. Uh, okay, so uh, let's uh, let's finish up real quick. So sneakyathletic.com, uh, put ten get ten percent off uh, your order if you put anxiety in the discount code box. They got the goat stuff. They got the Fort Never Lose stuff. It's time to turn Bar- uh, Barclay Center into Fort Never Lose too. Uh, so buy your stuff there. Sneakyathletic.com, put anxiety in the discount code box, and you can save ten percent. This week's it's back. NHLnames.com. NHL name of the week is. It's a battle with Jordan Martinuk. Jordan Martinuk. You may remember him from the Phoenix Coyotes. Somehow he ended up on the Carolina Hurricanes. He's here. Uh, He's playing pretty well. So there you go. There's a guy to catch. I thought it was going to be that their fourth liner. I think it's number eight now. It's like Medical Lion or something. Yeah, I. That is. He's not a real guy. (laughs) Yeah, I I wondered what what he was, but we'll have to. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, oh, yeah. So John Forsland is calling the game for NBCSN. Yeah. He gets the Brendan Burke seal of approval. So, you know, don't don't. Uh, he's, good. Uh, he's, he's, he's fun yeah. to listen to, but he, he's like he's he's sticky. Yeah. But hey, whatever. Like, but he's it the doesn't Hurricanes matter. home guy. So, yeah. Yeah. Guy. I knew I knew that was going to be a little prickly and, and probably, you know, like a, maybe not the greatest decision by NBC <laughs> to have either one of those two guys. Yeah, call. Right. You know, this Where's series, Gordon like, Miller you know, there's either. other, yeah. yeah, there's just other people that you could get to do it, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but no, but he's good. So we'll, we'll find out uh, what's going on there and uh, yeah, just uh, lay off him on Twitter. You know, that's, I think that's what Brendan was, was trying to tell us. At, le- at least they didn't stick Mike Milbury in. For oh the color. He's, he's been sticking with the Bruins, Don't, which is another hysterical even. thing. It just, that's, yeah, we don't we don't need him. Thank you very much. Uh, so yeah, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up to date Islanders news and discussion. Uh, you should listen to Isles Buzz uh, at Lighthouse Hockey's uh, podcast feed. Uh, I'm sure Dan and Noel will have some cool stuff. Um, you should follow Mike at his Twitter handle, which is the Big Lebowski with two E's. The Big Lebowski. Yeah, sorry, I did it. I, I threw you off there with a little bit of a different <laughs> intro. The Big, the Big Lebowski with two E's. Uh, he's uh, he, he's great. You should follow him there. And uh, I loved your response to John Tavares right after the uh, the Leafs lost. I won't spoil it for anybody. You should go check it out. <laughs> it won't be hard to find if you look at Mike's feed. I promise you. Uh, so there you go. Um, yeah. So let's enjoy the second round. The Islanders don't get here very often, but uh, this should be fun. It should be a fun, fun, really unique series. Let's put yeah. it that way. We'll see what happens. That's it. Let's go Islanders. Yep. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. And we'll be back with you, uh, I guess, probably Monday or Tuesday after games one and two. Uh, we'll, we'll take stock of where we are, right? And we'll figure that yep. out. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll see uh, where the uh, how the uh, series started. All right. 
Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Just like Jesse James